What is up, everybody? My name is Kelsey Lowe. I am your host. You are listening to Joyfully You Podcast. And today we have a special guest. We have Millie Chaco that's going to be joining us today. And Millie ha- is obsessed with the mind-body-spirit connection. You know, She studies and teaches mindfulness. Um, mindfulness, especially being able to take a step back and realize that we are deliberate creators of our life and that we're the ones that can create anything that we want to experience. So she has like committed her purpose to empowering herself, empowering others, and to unroot and unearth subconscious programming that keeps us stuck and limits us. So I'm really excited for this conversation. If you're ready, let's dive in. I mean, there are really no rules for any of this stuff. I guess we're all just trying to like, you know, be happy. So yeah, <laughs> that's all Honestly, this think. might be like a nice topic to bring up because I had like three different girlfriends where I'm like, hey, how was, Merry Christmas. How was your Christmas? And they, like three people being like, I'm for sure spending Christmas alone next year. Like F this, like it's just too emotionally exhausting. Like most wow. Of where I was just like, wow, okay. To be so combination, I think of like receptive and empathetic, <laughs> maybe like, you know what I mean? Like to have other, your family affect you so much to where it's so draining that it's like being alone sounds better. You yeah. know, that's a good topic of mindfulness, right? Wow, yes, very interesting, you know? It's, it's like extreme too, I feel like, because, you know, actual Christmas day I spent by myself I didn't do anything like all the festivities came before that and so you know there was a part of me that felt like should I be doing something it's Christmas day you know I should be surrounded by people but I was by myself and then to hear that where people are surrounded by people but want to be by themselves it's just so interesting it's so interesting it really is and I think it's I think there's so much pressure on holidays, right? Having to be a certain way and look a certain way that you're, no matter if you're surrounded by people or not, somehow it turns out to not be what you wanted it to be, you know? And, and I think that is, a, that is a quality that comes from not being aware of what really is important, I guess, to each of us, which is different for everybody, you know? Mm, yeah, yeah, that's true. It could be the exact same holiday for two people and have it be amazing yeah. for person and horrible for another person. Exactly. Where they're doing the exact same thing, mm-hmm. you know, too, you know? And uh, I was actually, I've been thinking of so much about how we've subliminally been told all the things we should be doing, you know, just watching like TV or like even like going to the store, there's everything out there is a message on what we need to do to fix ourselves or what life should look like and you know what Christmas should look like what this should look like what New Year should look like and it's just really interesting because we soak it in without even knowing that that's becoming a part of what we think is the truth and then so there's all this pressure and then people a lot of people don't enjoy themselves because of that you know yeah And so I feel like, you know, if people could just get together with their family and be like, let's all just kind of come to an agreement about what we would like the holidays to look like. And maybe we can figure something out where we're all happy, 
you know, instead of having to like fake do this stuff for no reason, right? Mm-hmm. Or people, yeah, and that I think that's a, a big a big part of the problem is if people and families are putting problems aside just for that day because it's like, today's supposed to be happy. Oh, but it's okay. like, well, there's shit to talk about. There's shit to talk about. I know, right? <laughs> <laughs> we don't have to pretend just because it's Christmas, you know? Mm-hmm. It could just be a normal thing. Yeah. I mean, there's something special and magical about this time of year. I like the feeling that's there and what people want to be able to do. And I think that, you know, we should have an element of that like all the time. You know, so that there's not this pressure for this one day to be perfect, you know? And I don't know. It's just interesting. I feel that way about most holidays. And, you know, it's good to have these little moments where we can celebrate and be like, oh, yeah, let's look forward to this or this or this. But, like, I feel like there should be an element of that in our lives no matter what. That way, you know, Christmas is not a big deal if it's ruined or not perfect or... Oh, my gosh, yeah, because I've had family or friends be like so and so ruined christmas and it's uh-huh. like no they can't ruin my christmas I know. <laughs> them. so no one's ruined my christmas they've ruined right. your christmas well and especially like with our parents like things that i wish i i i, I would have said or you know that maybe i'll say now maybe they'll be listening to this you know for anyone that's like oh my god my mom or my dad or oh i want to be alone next year because they're so awful they are little kids that are hurt by their parents still. Like, mm-hmm. like that's like the easiest way I feel like to empathize with our parents is remember, they have an inner child that's wounded. Oh my just God, like yes. you. Uh-huh. Like, they're operating from their fear, just like you. Yes. <laughs> We're all little kids underneath this facade of adulthood. Like seriously, we never grow out of our little kid. You know, we can become aware of it and like take care of our kid a little bit more. Most people don't know that that's how they're operating. It's like learning how to reparent ourselves. Yeah. Like, and, and this, like I didn't realize this, but this is a very common thing. If you've ever had therapy or you've ever gone to therapy is the process of reparenting yourself mm. and, and reestablishing that like relationship with discipline or that relationship with commitment or, you know, doing things for yourself, you know? And I guess like how that relates with, family and the holidays is everyone's figuring out how to reparent themselves just like you are just because you and as an adult too I think it's up to us as children to teach our parents how how to treat us if we're changing and how like you know what we're okay with what we're not okay with like if whether whether it be conversation whether it be like interrogations right so you know how parents can be like a 25 questions <laughs> yes uh, yes I also feel like um people because we all live in our own little realities our own little worlds right and we all operate based on whatever our belief system is and so that's why every single person reacts differently to everything because we don't have anything besides what we know to be true for ourselves and for each person, it's different. So when you get a group of people together for something that's supposed to look a certain type of way and everybody's version of that is different. And so if somebody even like steps over your boundary of what you think something should look like and you don't know because in your reality, everything is fine, but then you stepped over on theirs, it's 
there's all these little boundaries that we don't even know about because everybody has their own thing and we're not even fully aware of it. We're only aware of our own beliefs. And so that's why I feel like it's, it's good practice to just to have like an open dialogue, I guess, you know, this is what really yeah. means something to me. This is my favorite part of us all being together or things like that. Or if there's like issues, like just lay it all out there before you come in so you don't have to deal with it on Christmas. Yeah. Oh, right? okay. this reminds me, I have to tell this little story. This reminds me. So I went to Mexico like oh, two, a week and a half ago. I needed to like go away and like have my own trip. And I, there's a guy from like an hour away from my hometown. I live in rural agricultural central California. Mm -hmm. So the fact that there's another guy here, I'm like, what, you know, not a lot of people here travel in comparison to other areas. So he's talking about really heavy topics. So it's me, a guy from Australia, a guy from France, and this guy from Los Banos, which is the town here in central California in Los Banos. And so we're talking and I could, the guy from home, I could just see him getting worked up because he wants to prove his point, wants to prove his point. Mm -hmm. And he t he's also shared that he was brand new to like hostile life and traveling. And I was like, I felt like I was setting the stage and I feel like this is the stage that needs to be set for everyone at Christmas and holidays. Mm -hmm. It's like, okay, you've gotten to share your opinion and your truth. And now we're going to give each person their turn to mm -hmm. share their opinion and their truth. And it doesn't take away from your truth. It's simply another truth. It's their mm -hmm. truth. And like giving each other space. But the problem arises when we get offended when someone else's truth is different from ours mm -hmm. versus being sound and true and solid in our mm -hmm. own. And like, oh, interesting that you have that belief. Okay. Versus feeling like our entire existence challenged, you know, yeah. versus, you know, that it's okay that other people have other sides, but it's, it's being okay with your family, not understanding you. Yes. That's what changed my life is I had to be okay with my family not understanding me. And then it came to a point that they wanted to because I stopped wow. being attached to them wanting to. Yes. Uh, I mean, that, I feel like that sums up everything about mindfulness, right? It's like you have to be okay with whatever is, you know, whatever you believe to be true for yourself without needing to prove a point to everybody else. As soon as you drop that, you like people stop being whatever you make them be. Because everybody's only reacting to us anyway. So if we're like desperate for somebody to accept us, they're going to keep giving us that desperation back. You know, like everybody's a mirror. So once you're just like, oh, this is me, you know, whatever. I don't need to prove a point. They're just going to come and be like, oh, yeah, I like you the way you are. You know, it's, yeah. it always happens that way. You know, <laughs> it's really interesting because I used to think of my mom as like the most negative person like her tone of voice, like her stance, everything. And I thought every word out of her mouth is negative. And me and my sister both think that way. Or I used to think that way. And then I just like changed it. I changed the story in my mind. And I was just like, you know, this is her love language. She's like overly concerned to the point, like, you know, it can seem like um, suffocation almost, but like, <laughs> but like that, she doesn't realize that it comes off that way. She thinks that if she doesn't do all this and say all this, then she is not loving us the way that she should. Mm. As soon as I started seeing that and then I just started hearing her differently, like I don't hear negativity from her anymore. Like she's still saying the same thing, but it doesn't sound negative anymore. Oh, you know, awesome. it is, that's but my so sister nice. hasn't gotten there and she still sees everything as negative. So it's just really, really interesting mm -hmm. how like, you know, we're all so intertwined 
energetically, but like also so different. <coughs> I love that you were able to, to just write a different story. You wrote yeah. a different story on how you saw her and then how you saw her change. That's such an amazing example. Yeah. Because I think that so many people like, okay, guys, if you're listening and you're waiting for someone else to change, you're going to be waiting for a very long time. Yeah. They're not going to change. Nobody, nobody it's changes. up to us yes. to change how we view it, right? Yes. I mean, you change yourself, then other people change. I mean, you can't change anybody just by wanting them to change. And I think that's where that saying comes from. You can't teach an old dog new trips or tricks or people don't change. There's those sayings out there, but I don't believe that. People don't change because you don't think they can change, you know, or you desperately want them to be something different. Yeah. Or, yeah. I believe people can change, but I don't believe yeah. that we can make people change. Right. No, but we can change the way we look at them and then they automatically change. Right. Mm -hmm. Like once like, you start. Point with yeah, your mom. Exactly. And she didn't change. She hasn't stopped doing the things that she does, you know, but like now she, I feel like she's smiling and like, she's so nice when you know, I talk to her on the phone where before I used to feel like she'd be like, hello. But like, I was like, maybe that's just the way I heard it, you know? And now I'm hearing like, hello, hey, you know? And so it's, it's us. Everything is all us. That's what the biggest thing I've gotten out of this mindfulness, putting it into my life has been is everything is me it everything is me and then that just gives me such relief because then I can just sit with myself and be like oh nobody's doing anything to me mm. you know nobody is doing anything to me you know I don't have to take anything so personally and it's really okay if I do too if I feel like crap sometimes or I'm like really judgmental I'll be like it's okay I'm a human being I'm gonna be judgmental and not judge myself for being judgmental <laughs> you know yeah. it can't be perfect how do you, how do you pull yourself out like if if you're like taking, you know, this radical responsibility, be like, wow, that's me, that's me, that's me. Have you ever, you know, I call it like a rabbit hole. Have you ever like gotten stuck in a rabbit yes. hole of like self-judgment? Big time, big time. And I think the biggest thing um, I've learned is the practice of self-compassion. And like, it's a practice though. So you have to like consciously, consistently make the effort to be kind to yourself. And so I have like, I read this book by Kristen Neff. Um, it's the art of compassion. It's part of the mindfulness program training that I'm doing. And it's changed so many things. And you just pick a saying, you say, oh, okay, Millie, I understand. This is part of your childhood trauma, or this is, you're just feeling like crap today. You're a human being. I can be with myself. And you imagine your little kid if you want to. Sometimes I do imagine my little, like myself as a little girl, you know? And what would you say to a little girl that came to you and was like in a bad mood? you know, stop doing that. You're so horrible. How dare you judge people? You know, but that's the way we talk to ourselves in our head, you know? And so I just say, I can be with myself with compassion, kindness, gentleness, and love. Like I just put that on repeat sometimes on my head. And like that's sending a, a message to my subconscious mind that I'm okay with myself no matter what I think. And that I'm still a good person, even if I having crappy thoughts about someone, or even if I'm like, super judgmental or blaming or feel shame or whatever bad emotions that are out there, you know, and it might last me a whole day, but nowadays, because I've made it a practice, it doesn't take me as long to get out of it. You know, it doesn't take me as long. And the thing is like, when we're sad or we're mad, sometimes we feel like it lasts forever. But really, once you notice that emotion, it really doesn't last that long as we think. What lingers is the memory of the emotion or whatever the story is that we're attached to. 
That's what makes it seem like it lasts so long, you know? So it gets stuck on like kind of a, a yeah. repeating thought. Yeah. Like just think about a time you were ever angry at someone. You kept arguing with them in your head and like you're so angry. But like how long did the anger actually last? It was the story on repeat in your head or you constantly arguing with them that kept it lingering for so much longer than it had to, you know? And so it becomes bigger you, in our mind. How do you break the thought if it's like repeating it's almost like you know something gaining momentum right yes yes and and everything is a practice because most of us are on automatic so it's like you have to make a conscious effort to want to do this like set the intention that you know that you're going to put this into practice because sometimes i'll forget too and you just have to be okay with that too but now that i like really consciously do it whenever i catch myself Mm-hmm. it gets easier so like if I forget your question now oh like how do you how do you stop that oh, oh, oh. thoughts if they're repeating negative yes. thoughts? like There's, how do you redirect see that's I get it's different for each individual for myself if I find and I find myself arguing a lot with people in my head or I have before and if I'm arguing with somebody in my head if it's somebody that I'm like close to and I know, you know, it's for a reason, I'll out my ego. So I'll like, you know, I'll call the person and be like, you know, this is what's going on in my head right now. And, you know, once you out it, there's no reason for the story to keep going, you know? Mm, so you just call the person and you like... <laughs> yeah, but it depends on the person, you know? Because sometimes you can't do it if it's like your boss or like somebody else or something like that. And so... There's or another like from thing. like 10 years ago. Yeah, exactly. Which <laughs> now I have a habit of like writing everything out. Like I love writing it out because that's another way of outing your ego too. Because now you're putting it to paper instead of letting it turn around in your head over and over and over and over again. Mm-hmm. And um, I read this book once. I don't know if you've heard of Byron Katie. I haven't. Well, you should watch some of her YouTube videos. And um, Loving What Is is the name of the book. And she has this four-step method that's called The Work. And uh, one day she just woke up and she was like, she just realized how everything was like made up kind of, you know, like her big thing is when we start saying should, you know, and should really needs to be taken out of our vocabulary. Because once we say should, we're saying someone should have done this. Whenever we're arguing in our head, whatever's going on, there's always a should in there. So like if I've been upset at someone and I, you know, I don't have access to like say anything to them, like they could be a friend from the past or something. I'll like write it out. This person should have done this. This person is like this. This person, I'll like everything. Write it all out. When you go back over it, you'll see how somewhere, or I've seen how somewhere I have been that way too. So maybe not to that person, but I've been that way to someone else. And then it just, it's just like, oh, everything is me. Everything is a reflection. We're all the same. We all are the same. And so once you start seeing that, oh, you've been this way too, a little bit easier to let go of that story because you're like, oh, I've been that way. You know, I don't have to be so hard on someone else when I've been that way too, you know? So that really helped me. Byron Katie's Loving What Is. And if you watch some of her videos, she'll like do one-on-one with people. It's mind-blowing, you know? But it can trigger you because she'll talk about like things that people will say like this person shouldn't have died or, you know, the government shouldn't do this. And it's a lot of triggering things and then she'll say, you know, but they should because they are. 
or this person should have died because they did, but you're suffering in your mind because you keep saying they shouldn't have when reality is they did, you know, things like that. But it can be triggering because I had to put that book down so many times and be like, I, know, I can't read this right now, you know? Oh, wow. Oh, that reminds, that totally reminds me of, um, he was like a Benedictine monk and his whole thing was about should as well. He said that you choose suffering when you're in denial with what is. Yes. Uh, yes. I mean, that's what should really means, right? Mm -hmm. That's why like lots of relationships have problems. Like my, my significant other should be doing this for me, but they don't know uh -huh. that. You know, why should, should know they? what I want. Yeah. How would they know that? They oh my gosh. I, while I was in Mexico, I had a friend message me. Oh, here, let's just talk about a question that I was going to talk about later. Oh, okay. I'd love to hear your advice on this. You know, she was messaging just saying, you know, I know my boyfriend loves me. Like we're going to be getting married soon, but I, he hasn't asked yet. And I don't know why he hasn't asked and everyone around me is getting engaged and all these things, you know? And I was just like, girl, trust the process he uh -huh. loves you if you're pressuring him do you think he's going to want to marry you no all of a sudden it's feeling serious and heavy you know um but it like kept coming up with that same thing of like trusting the process uh -huh. not really having the proof but trusting the process you know yeah and there's a shit in there right right oh there thank you that's the full circle is because uh, he feels like it, it should have already happened yeah yeah, it shouldn't. Once she starts like letting go of it should have happened, like it's gonna happen like that, you know? And that's that's the pressure we put on she thinks it means something, but he hasn't done that, you know? She's saying, you know, he should have proposed by now, everybody else around me is proposed or getting engaged. I'm the only one that's not, I should be married by this age, or we've been together for this long, so we should be something should happen, you know? And the thing is, no, it shouldn't, because reality is it's not, you know, but that doesn't mean that they're not married. It doesn't mean they're not committed. I mean, marriage is not there in love. Yeah. yeah, marriage is a piece of paper, you know, commitment is commitment. You don't need a piece of paper to say that you're committed to someone, you know. And, you know, I think the, the ego side of that is wanting like a public validation. Yeah, of to, 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 to be able to share with friends and family like that, the public declaration of being engaged and it's like, yeah it doesn't it's not supposed to be in a certain time frame yeah and i like you know as soon as she starts just enjoying being with him he's gonna propose right now he's just like he's probably thinking like oh my god this is what it's gonna be like you know that pressure to constantly need to and here's the thing like men want freedom and women want like partnership and love and adoration you know men want to be respected and admired and like men can live without love, but they need to be respected. That's love for them, you know? And it took me a long time to see that, you know, because we're women and we're like, you know, love me, adore me, worship the ground that I walk on, you know? That's what we're about, you know? And like, I've just, just watch, just watch people and watch people in relationships. And the ones that are successful is the one where nobody's putting pressure on each other to have to do something to make the other person happy. You know, mm -hmm. that whole thing of like, you know, my life depends on if I'm with you or not is not sexy. It's not sexy. It's not, you know? Uh, yeah. There's that whole thing about like you complete me and soulmates and all that stuff. And like, and I think that's good. You can, everybody wants to feel like they're completed, but I think, I don't think completed 
I think that's come like, I feel like it's okay to want that. Who doesn't want the fairy tale, the knight in shining armor showing up and sweeping you off your feet and all that stuff. And I don't think there's anything wrong with that. But I think that somebody's gotta be, feel good about who they are first in order to enjoy having that. Otherwise you're always gonna be like, oh my God, you know, I need something else to make me feel good. And I need something else. And I need something else. And I need something else. <coughs> and it's just, it's just so interesting, you know? It's really interesting because we live in this world and we see all this stuff all around us. So it's hard not to get caught up in that, you know? Yeah. So if everybody around you is getting engaged, you're like, oh my God, there's something wrong with me. You know? Yeah. It's like, baby girl, there's nothing wrong with you. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I, you know, it's so funny that you, you will find evidence for whatever it is you're looking for. Oh my God. That's Every time. Truth. That is the truth. Uh, yes. Uh, oh yes. my gosh. I like, I've met in this past, like, I would say past two months, I've met so many amazing women that have their own business that are most, uh, most of them too, like older than me, single, happy, traveling, doing wow. their thing and just like evidence of all these like things that I want for myself that I'm creating for myself. But it's almost like the universe was like, here, see, look at this proof of these people that are just so, yeah. you know, and it is breaking the stigma of um, what society thinks you should have and being like, whoa, I'm actually really happy and I don't have those things. So I'm going to give myself permission to be happy, even though I don't, you know, yeah. the, the quote unquote should of what yep. I should be doing at this age, what I should be enjoying, what I, you know, I should be having a family or I should be looking for a husband, which we all know how that goes. When you're <laughs> yes, I've been there, done that. I'm in trouble life. when you're looking. I know. Yes. That's actually been my biggest struggle the past few years. It's gotten me into the mindfulness thing is, you know, trying to find a relationship and settle down and get married because that's what I should do. Um, but I was married already before when I was really young and it didn't work out. And this was the first time in my life that I'd ever been single. So it was very challenging. And at the same time, I wouldn't have learned any of this stuff like, you know, it got me into yoga, mindfulness, meditation, all this stuff. And it got me to really, really, really see myself. Like I had to like, it took me a while though. And I had to like, just, just by asking myself questions. Like I would like, I heard of this questioning technique. Like you can ask your subconscious because most of us are running on automatic on beliefs that we don't even know lie under the surface based on like childhood programming or whatever. And so I came across this, like, you know, you just ask your subconscious questions, you know, like out of curiosity and answers will come to you. And so I just was asking, you know, like, what are my beliefs? I wanted to know. I was like, what, what are my underlying beliefs here that's keeping me from having what I want? And like, I just had all these flashes of memories of stuff, you know, from my childhood things that my mom said to me, my parents' relationship. And like, when I was a baby, I like lived with my aunt and uncle for a couple of years and came back to my parents and all this stuff but I didn't realize had a psychological effect on me and built up these beliefs. Like I didn't know anything about an ego or a subconscious or anything. I just thought life was the way life was. Some people are lucky, some people are not. And I thought I was one of the unlucky ones where things just randomly happen out of the blue like this. Things work out or don't work out. I had no clue about thoughts become things or any of that stuff. 
And then like, I realized like all these memories, I was like, oh my God, like I had like, I didn't think it was safe for me to belong. Because when I was a baby, I went from my parents and my aunt, uncle back to my parents. And when I went back to my parents, my little sister had been born. And like all these things happened when I was little that I took into the rest of my life. I just felt like I couldn't belong anywhere, you know? When I was mad, I was unhappy, even though I had a husband that adored me. Whenever I've been in a relationship, I was unhappy. Then when I was out of a relationship, I was unhappy. So either way, you know, and I was like, oh, so it's really not about that. It's really not about that. It was because I was, I had a fear of belonging somewhere because I thought it was gonna be rejected, you know? Like that somebody was gonna send me away, like my parents did. Or they, did, they didn't know what they were doing. They did the best they could. But it was mind-blowing, you know? And so I just kept asking my, my mind questions, you know? It was just like, you know, show me more memories. Or what's the underlying fear here? Or why didn't it work out with my ex? Like, was this part of that? All this stuff. I just kept asking myself questions because I really wanted to hear the answer. So you have to be ready to hear it, you know, as hard as it might be. You have to be ready to, like, see it. You have to be ready to like, be like, oh my God, I really have created my life, <laughs> you know? <laughs> would you ask yourself these questions like in a meditative state? Like I would ask them usually when I went to yoga or like, you know, right before I went to sleep. So I'd have to be like, you know, or sometimes I would just ask throughout the day and where I knew I was going to be busy because I feel like then answers just pop up, you know? Sometimes when you're just like desperate, that's when answers don't pop up, you know? But if you're just like curious, that's when it's worked best for me. And I've just been curious when I was just like, you know what? I just want to know. Okay. So. <laughs> yeah, and, and my, my experience is whenever the answers come, like sounding like a police on the door, it's fear. It's not intuition. Yeah. Don't listen oh, to yeah. it. Exactly. I mean, the answers will come and you will know. That's the thing. Like I was just like, oh, like it was like, oh, okay. You know, that's how I knew it was right. You know, and I've been processing it now for like a good year and a half. So like you have to give your, your body and your mind some time when you go through this stuff. And like, because you'll start just body will react. Like, I feel like I cried all year, like almost every day. Like, and there was stuck grief and it might've been grief from when I was a child and I didn't even, you know, realize it, you know, and I've been holding it back. And so it just was really good actually, you know, and that's where the compassion thing came really handy because I, sometimes I would cry and I'd be like, I don't know what's wrong with me, but you know, I'm going to have to be compassionate with myself here because this needs to be released. And I just, I think that's one of the biggest things about mindfulness that, you know, I think we should be taught in schools is telling kids that every feeling they have is okay. Don't be scared of being scared. Don't be scared of, you know, being sad, sad. Yeah. And all this stuff. And like, what's that movie that, that came out and it had the cartoon character emotions like joy and sad. Oh, um, uh, inside out. Yes. That is such a great movie for kids. And I wish they would make a <laughs> series of that and like show it to kids all day long when they're in kindergarten just to be like, you know, it's okay. You know, I had no, I thought it was bad to feel bad, you know? Oh, like I literally too. did. Majority of my life, anytime I would, anytime I would feel like upset or sad or depressed or anything, it would perpetuate way longer because all of a sudden 
I'd feel it. And then I'd be like, oh, I shouldn't feel this way. Yeah. I'm the happy one. I'm the positive. Oh, I'm the sunshine. So, oh my God, I shouldn't be feeling this. So then I'd beat myself up for feeling it. And then it would last even longer because I was wow. like so pissed that I was experiencing it. And that still happens. Like that, wow. it, especially if I, if I check out or even just like from holidays and stuff, if I'm, if I'm not eating as well and all of a sudden I'm realize I've drank multiple days in a row. It's easy for my mind to get stuck on a thought or mm-hmm. get stuck in a numbing state right, yeah. to where it's easy to go down a rabbit hole versus realizing, okay, wait, wait, wait. I'm a deliberate creator of my life. I am attracting everything into my life right now based off of my focus. And so it's things that help me like have to like wake me up if I'm not willing or like have enough willpower to actually go work out is even just doing a hot shower and then at the mm-hmm. end making it go cold and wow. enduring it as long as I can it wakes me up like it stops any type of like mental block that's telling me I am or I'm not anything you know any type of self-deprecating talk it cuts mm. it out immediately because instantly I feel stronger oh that's I feel awesome like oh like I I've had to do it the past three days in a row because I've mm-hmm. almost felt kind of lethargic after the holidays but then energized all at the same time Wow. But it's, I know that there's transitions that are happening. There's things that are coming to an end. And so it's like that self-compassion and grace. Yes. Oh my gosh. That's great that you have that tool, you know? And I feel like there should be more opportunity for us when we're young to try to figure out what tools work best for us. You know, like that's like many of us, like me and you, like when we start on this kind of journey, we try out all these different tools and techniques and then we realize what works for us and doesn't. And I feel like that's been a really powerful experience for me, you know, even though like sometimes I felt like miserable, but you know, when I think about it now, I'm like, wow, it's actually now when I think about it, I can say that it was fun to try all these different things and read all these different books and, you know, find all these different like teachers and things like that, you know, and it's just made me realize what works for me and what doesn't, you know? And so I feel like, I'm a school teacher by day and I just see how people are created right away, you know, and like they, we believe who we are so much, like the labels that are placed on us. And sometimes it happens unknowingly, like, and I'm a special ed teacher. So I see it like, so these kids think they're special, you know, and then they think that they're, they're not as good as everyone else. And then they think that's it you know, and then you hold on to that label so much though, because as human beings, we like our labels. Like I'm this person, I'm that person. And, you know, and it just, we need a way to identify ourselves. And something that I've learned this year that I really like, and I'm really starting to like kind of practice with is that I am not any of those labels anymore. Like what I've placed on myself, like And I'm glad I can see myself. And the only reason I can do that is because I've seen my subconscious beliefs. And so I can be like, okay, that was just childhood trauma. You know, that's not the truth. There's not some lucky ones and some unlucky ones. That's so far from the truth. You know, we can all make up the rules. That's what I'm trying to do now. Like I'm making up the rules for myself. Like I'm saying in my, in my reality, all my friends are blissfully happy in the best versions of themselves, you know? And because I don't want to argue with my friends in my head and I don't want to like have expectations on them to be something, you know, I want them to be blissfully happy so that we could all be blissfully happy together, you know? So I'm like working on, and in my, um, in my reality, as I say, 
in my reality, I'm always healthy. That's one. And like, I've always had a health, like a really good health consciousness. Um, so like if I binge and like eat whatever I want for a week, I don't even worry about it because I go back to my rule. Like we can make up the rules for ourselves. Yeah. We literally can't, you know, that's why some people are just always skinny. They're just like, I'm just skinny. You know, it doesn't matter what I do. They believe and, like, that's why. So there's so many different diets out there because it doesn't work for everybody. Cause I have friends that like eat crap, what we consider crap and don't gain any weight. It's like, because it doesn't even cross their mind, the thoughts that they have around it. They aren't feeling, they aren't circling it with guilt. Yeah, I exactly. had a conversation with a friend about cigarettes like this. I was like, you know, cigarettes are bad, but they're, they're not even as bad as the guilt or the self-hate yes. associated with them that can cause and like expedite any of these health issues because of having so much negative vibrations being fed into our yes. body from it. You it's know, the thoughts for, around it for sure. Yeah, because like I have friends that like they smoke, but they don't have any guilt around it. They don't even think twice. They just think, oh, whatever, yeah. just figure it here and there. And so it doesn't affect them. Like they, right. I don't, I truly believe they aren't even going to get old from it randomly. They probably will just phase out because it doesn't hold a strong yes. connection. So it's so good, like bringing up food too, especially like during this holiday season. There's so much food, unnecessary food guilt. <laughs> yes, it, and it is unnecessary. And I went to the silent um, meditation retreat earlier this year in June and there was a monk there and he said something that I've read before but when he talked about it it was so good he was like talking about food and he was saying how a lot of people have issues around food and he was saying it's not the food that you're eating you know you're eating your thoughts also and that's actually what's affecting your body more than the food that you're eating so if you're eating something and you're feeling like satisfied and it's delicious and you're enjoying it doesn't matter if it's like an apple or if it's a cheesecake because they're both going to have the same effect on your body you know but when you're eat but in our reality when we eat an apple we're like oh i'm so healthy i'm eating an apple when you eat a cheesecake you feel guilty you know so <coughs> it just whenever i think about it i'm just like oh yeah i'm eating my thoughts so i try to keep telling myself that you know and another rule i've created in my reality is you know in my reality i can i lose weight really fast so if I indulge, it's not a big deal, you know? And I just feel like I'm just going to have fun oh, with trying God. to make it I a love little... that. You know, I actually, I realize I, I, I say that too. It's like I gain weight and I lose weight really easily. Yeah. Like I cut out the first part because I, I would prefer in my reality that it'd be like, I just lose weight really easily instead of yeah. I gain weight really easily. Yeah. And you just say, you know what? Sometimes I indulge and it's not a big deal. You know, it's not. Your dog agrees. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> Can you hear him? <laughs> I'm dog sitting and I'm not giving him enough attention. Oh, we, oh, it's a golden doodle. He's a labradoodle. A labradoodle. Oh my goodness. That's what our Say family. Hello. Oh, That's Romeo. Labradoodle, Romeo. Oh my God. So Hi, cute. Romeo. He's Another. a good boy, but he just needs all the attention. That's so funny. Yeah, they're, they're needy. They're needy lap, big lap dogs. Yeah. Another one that I use that I've been saying all year long is the more I travel, the more money I make. Oh, that is so good. So good, Ooh, right? That, that is a rule worth having. Yes. yes. It just feels so good. I'm like, yes, the more I learn, the more people I meet, the more cultural exposure I have, the better my Spanish gets. The more I travel, the more money I make. Wow. That is so good. I love that one. I might steal that one. That Please is do. So good. 
And it's like, why? And I love that we're bringing this up. That it's like we're able to choose new beliefs because I'll say this, I'll say that out loud, and and I'll I've had friends and even family members be like, be like, in what fucking world, you know? And I'm like, in my world, exactly, exactly, legit thing. It is, and it's true. If this long we've been creating our life by our old beliefs, then why wouldn't we believe these new ones? You know. Like, it's so much easier to buy into our old story because that's what's always happened, you know? But why not? The more you travel, the more money you make. Yeah, hell yeah. Who doesn't want that? That's so good. I love that. That's amazing. That is so good. Ugh. What was so I it's really being able to choose any, any belief, any type of reality you want to be true. Yeah. I think it's believing though what the words are right like because you yes. know how there's some like affirmations that say like i'm a millionaire and it's like yes. if you're if you're saying the affirmations so like if you guys listening if you're saying the affirmations and it feels like a lie in your body then it's not actually benefiting yes. you at all like make the affirmation true and like right it needs to feel yes. true in the body it has to and like you'll know when it does because that one feels good for you like you were your whole essence was just like yes i feel this one you know uh-huh. And so that's why it's true for you, you know, and we do have to practice. It's taken me a while to practice with words to figure out what works for me. And I was just thinking another one that I really like that I've been saying a lot is I am a really big deal. And I love saying that over and over again. I'm a really big deal. Yeah. And everyone that's around me is a really big deal as well. Um, And what else? Oh, I'm the luckiest woman in the world. I have it all. Oh. Yeah. And like uh, there's a, yes, and there's another one that I've been playing around with that I really like too. It's just um, I always get everything I want handed to me on a silver platter, easily, effortlessly. Mm. Yes, I'm the luckiest woman in the world. Mm. You know, and I was just that like, feels mm. nice. yes, uh, it feels it feels so much better than before, where I was just like, I'm just unlucky. That's how I went about life before. I was like, hey, I'm just one of the unlucky ones. What's funny is like, I bet some people listening are probably triggered by the, I'm the luckiest girl in the world, but then to hear, oh, I'm just an unlucky one. It's so much more common and acceptable to have that belief versus owning and saying, I'm the luckiest person in the world because I choose that, you know, why is that more triggering than the unlucky statement? Because most of us feel a sense of like unworthiness underneath everything. Like how dare we be the lucky ones you know or take up light you know how like there's not an unlimited amount right well because that is a that's a strong collective belief that is if i don't take what's mine someone else will take it from me yeah versus there's enough for everyone yeah there's enough for everyone to go around whatever it is yeah and i totally believe that like um, that there's enough for everyone. We don't have to, nobody has to compete with each other. You know, there really is no need for competition. There's this thing that I read before where it said, um, you're only, uh, when you compete, you're only ever really competing with yourself. So why even compete? You know, if you're only competing with yourself, then stop. You know, there's no reason to compete with anybody else. Oh, it was Bob Proctor. Have you heard of Bob Proctor? Yeah. Yeah. So he was just like, there's no need to compete with anybody else because you're only ever competing with yourself. So stop. You know, I mean, it was just so logical too, because it's like, yeah, you know, because that's true, because you're making it up in your head. That's how you're competing with yourself. Nobody else out there is thinking about you, you know, 
they're doing their own thing. But in your mind, you're thinking that you got to compete with what this person is doing or that person, or your idea might not be as new or fresh, but every idea is new, you know, and there's room for all of it. So that's why there's like a gazillion yoga studios and like, that's why there's, and they're all doing well because there's enough. There's enough. There's there enough. Is. Yeah. There is. Bob, yeah. And I, that was actually like a, a big thing. I think this past year for me was being okay with letting myself feel like a big deal and like express myself with that mm. belief, uh-huh. not worrying that it's taken away from anyone else. Right. Or, wow. or if it's making anyone comfortable or me changing, you know, changes how other people are because you know how we find that it's almost like the people that found their identity within me are challenged when I start to change my identity. Ooh, that is, that's true, you know? And then we want to stay a certain way, right? Because right, as, a, as a sensitive, empathetic woman, I want to make yeah. it comfortable. Yeah, of course. <laughs> <laughs> but it doesn't yeah. serve me if I'm not growing. And it's not serving them either. Like, you know, it, I really, I truly believe that like we are holding back other people if we're holding back ourselves. Yes. People. I think that is so true, you know, and fear gets in the way because we think that others are going to reject us. And, and maybe some people might fade away, you know, and I know we've all experienced people like, you know, going, going away from us, but I just feel Something like. Something that helps me with that is I'm not for everyone. Yeah. That helped me with my fear of rejection. I was like, I'm not for everyone. And it actually, that belief came about after I did get like rejected from a job, Uh like for coaching. So I was like, okay, actually, yeah, it's okay that I'm not for everyone. Right. And everyone is not for me. There we go. Yeah. That's all you choose. You're like, you know what? I chose that because it wasn't right for me. So it's it's pretty interesting i think um how much i just know for myself like whenever i go into a particular like place sometimes i'll just revert to like my old way of being you know just to make other people comfortable like now i can even notice it in my body like i'll go in somewhere like my sister's house where you know i've felt bad about myself before and like automatically hunch down you know, and I'll be like, oh my God, you know, I've created this Millie version of myself in this place. And now every time I go there, I become that, even though that's not who I like want to be or who I am. It's just so interesting, you know, that how much it's a part of me, you know, or how much I like believe it, that I need to be that way, you know? And so it takes practice for me. It takes a lot of practice to consciously be like, oh no. That's, that's old. That's just automatic. You know, that's an automatic thing that I do, but that doesn't mean it's true. But yeah, it's just interesting. Other yeah, that is really like, interesting. Cause like our body does give us so much insight as to how we're doing. Yeah. Oh my gosh. For me too, it's, it's around food. If I look at what I've eaten, but also for you, how you said like your physical body, I'll notice that too. If all of a sudden I look down and my arms are crossed and my legs are crossed, I'm like, Oh, Okay. Am I uncomfortable or why am I closing off right now? What are we talking about that's causing me to close off? Wow. Wow. Yeah. Like I've become more in tuned with what my body is doing. Like I can feel, you know, I used to not even be aware that I was doing that before, like hunching over and like head low, like kind of like looking down. And like when I noticed that about myself, I was like, 
wow, that's the energy I'm bringing, you know? Mm. And so that's like why I'm having the experiences that I'm having, you know, has nothing to do with anybody else. So, but it takes practice for me to be like, oh, okay, I can sit up tall, you know, in my reality, I am a really big deal. So it doesn't matter. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, it's fun. I think it can be fun. Before it was really serious for me, this whole mindfulness thing and learning about myself. And now I want it to be fun. That's why I'm trying to create these rules for myself. It's like, let's just create these rules and see what happens. You know, why not? Why not live in the lap of luxury? Why not make that a rule for myself, you know? Yeah. Seriously. Yeah, definitely. Well, yeah. thank you so much for joining on yes. the podcast. This conversation was so good. It was. I love thank that we you. had like a special guest on the podcast as well. Our third yeah. Romeo. Romeo, <laughs> the dog. Yes. He agreed with everything that we said. That's why he was barking so much. She was like, yes, amen, yes. yes. He was like, us dogs already know this stuff. <laughs> oh. okay. Well, any, any, any last words or any last things you'd like to share with the audience before we go? Um, I just say have some fun with yourself and make up the rules for yourself. Just have fun. Pra like, just experiment with words and the words that feel good to you are the ones that you're going to keep repeating, you know, just have fun. I think that's what life is meant to be fun. And like it, we start getting so serious in ourselves, but once you start having fun, like, you know, you start traveling and making money and things like that, yeah. you know, so just have fun. That's, that's what I would tell people. Love it. Thank yeah. you so much. Thank you, well, Kelsey. Thank you guys for tuning in to another episode of Joyfully You podcast. I'm your host, Kelsey Lowe. Thank you so much, Millie, for joining us. Yes, talk to you soon.